made a way with a promise to lead me to something better. And there is hope and restoration in Jesus' name. Here we go. You made a way. You made a way with a promise to lead me to something better. Nothing's 
is McLean Murphy, and it's always such a privilege to welcome y'all here on Sunday mornings. You may not know, but a group of us gather at 925 in the front marketplace area for what we call the Dream Team Pep Rally. This happens every Sunday. So it's people who are leading from up front, the band, the tech team, the children's team, parkers, greeters, and the men and women who set up the chairs here in this room. And the reason why we gather together at 925 is to be encouraged, it's to be reminded about why we do what we do, and it's to pray for all of you and for all of us and for those of you online who are joining us. It's a time for us to just sit and remember why we do what we do on Sunday mornings. And I think this moment, the welcome, the first part of the service, this is our large group pep rally time. This is where we get encouraged to lean in for the next hour. This is where we get reminded of why we do what we do on Sunday mornings. And this is the time where we get to pray together for the next hour that we spend. So let me remind us why we do what we do on Sunday mornings. We are the participants and the owners of the worship experience on Sunday mornings. Now, there's some of us up front who are leading it, who are guiding us through what this hour looks like, but we do all of what we do for an audience of one. We do it all for our King Jesus. We are the participants and the owners and the performers, bringing our hearts, bringing our worships, bringing our very lives, all for one audience, God. So I want you to think about that over this next hour, that you have a role to play on Sunday mornings. You have the role of showing up with your whole self, bringing all that you know of yourself to all that you know of Jesus and worship. If you're new, we are so glad that you're here. We want to know that you're here. We want to meet you. You can fill out a Connect card. You can scan the QR code. You can fill it out online. We just we want to get to know you and help connect you into the life of this church where we care about people and we care about relationships and we care about your relationship with Jesus. Please pray with me. God, thank you uh, for this time, for this pep rally, for our hearts, Lord, that we get to draw into worship for you, Lord, that you are our audience of one, that, God, you deserve our worship and our praise and our glory, but, God, you invite us to do it because it's good for us. You know that our hearts need it. You know that our hearts need to acknowledge who you are, Lord, and so thank you that we have this time set aside together to do it in community. And God, we have people who are on our hearts and minds in the life of this church who we want to pray over and pray for. We pray for Norm Smith, a 98-year-old member of our church who broke his hip and he is in rehab. God, he is such a fighter and we just pray that you would sustain him, that you would encourage him, that you would be with his wife Eleanor and that you would just help them through this time. God, we also just pray over the Kohler family and the death of Bill. God, just for their grief, for his wife Barb, his sons Keith and Chris, and just their whole family, Lord, would you just surround them, and would you just love them with your tender care and comfort them as they miss Bill? Lord, last week we had the joy of saying happy birthday to Jackie Faircloth. Her birthday's coming up, and so we just continue to pray for her, for her heart. And as Carl reminded us, Lord, we pray for Kathy, and we pray for John, and we pray for JT, Lord, that you would just continue to build them up and strengthen them as they love and care um, for Jackie. Lord, for Lynn Ritchie, for Jamie Atkinson, for Hank Floyd, our friends who are battling different things, Lord, we just pray that you would continue to walk this road with them. And then also, Lord, for Al Miller, whose girlfriend Dory died, God, we just pray that you would um, 
just be right next to Al, that you would just be holding his hand, walking him through this time. And also for Lauren Frey, whose mom died, God, we just pray the same for her, the same comfort and peace over her and her family. God, I thank you for this family, this family um, before me uh, that we get to be a part of together. And I just pray that over this next hour, Lord, that we would draw in uh, to each other and to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Two things, quickly. Hi. Morning. Two things I want you to be aware of. The first one is for folks that we sort of call young adults. That means if you're in 20s and 30s or if you don't know what you are, you can come anyway. Normally we have Taco Tuesdays. It's a mixture. We have some personal sharing and we, we talk about faith and we sing a little bit. Instead, tomorrow night we're doing it. We're just calling it Grill It Monday, Meat Monday. So that's tomorrow night at Garrett's house. You can see it, 319 West Francis. So if you're interested in that, I think it says you there to RSVP with Kathy at her phone number, 813-766-2254. So we'd love to have you there. It's great fun. It's a great time and just hanging out in meaningful ways with folks who are in that general age group. And I'm an honorary guest and get to come anytime I want to, and I will be there tomorrow night. So I wanted you to be aware of that. And just another reminder about the Becky Bash, and we have a slide here helping you to go register and sign up. Carl, what's the number now registered? Almost 500. You want to be there. It's inside. It's outside. It's the Women's Garden Club thing over on Bayshore Boulevard. We're raising money where Becky felt called by God in this school where kids are academically disadvantaged, etc. Becky felt called by God to lean in. She became the chair of the science department, and we're giving scholarships to deserving kids who have the ability to go on to college. How did I do, Carl? Was that good? Awesome. So Becky Bash, and I think that's all I'm doing right now. Right, McLean? Yes. Yep. Okay. <laughs> um, so I, I just wanted to take a minute, as we do every week, to just thank you for your generosity. We are in this season in our church of celebration. We're in a season of generosity for the big things that God is doing with our new church building. And I thank you for the ways that each of you has, have been stepping into that. But I also just want to thank you for the ways that you are generous with the day-to-day -day needs of our church. We've got daily, weekly, monthly operations that are still going on. And I just thank you for the ways that your heart not only has the vision for the long-term big things, but the little itty-bitty everyday things. And so here are five ways that you can continue to be generous with your finances. Thank you. stands.
situations in life, Lord. You've given us different dreams and different desires. Lord, we just give our hearts to you again this morning, Lord, and we lay these things before you, God, and we just say, yes, we are available, Lord. We were placed on this earth um, to bring you glory, Lord, and that's our sole purpose. So, Lord, as we listen to Fitz um, speak your word this morning, Lord, I ask that you would change our hearts and move our hearts to be available to you, Lord. We just surrender and we submit to you again today, God, and we pray that you would just have your way in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. So when they were rehearsing that song at 9.20 or something, I stood and just closed my eyes, stood right up here, and I, I'm just telling you the truth, moving. So I just got moved again, and we're going to come back and see what availability means in just a few minutes. It's the reason we picked the song. We didn't accidentally pick the previous song either about oceans and about waves and about trouble. So I'll let you work that into what's going to happen in the next few minutes as we talk about Jesus and what he's done for us. But with that being deep, I'll go back up to the surface for a second, have a little fun. Talking about Kathy, who's not here. She's driving back from the panhandle. Her sister's son was married yesterday in Crestview slash Panama City up in that part of the world. Central time zone, by the way. That's how far away it is. And so Kathy's driving back. Maybe you guys are listening online. <laughs> I'm making fun of you and you're not here. <laughs> Kathy, about once a week, has dessert. I got no reaction. <laughs> Sometimes Sunday, often Monday, here's what she starts with. The base of her dessert, Klondike bars. You with me? <laughs> Okay, and then oftentimes both caramel and chocolate syrup goes on there. I've noticed recently she came up with this little, it's like Nestle's Quick, like chocolate powder. Boom, that's going on top of it. And chocolate chips, semi, not, not uh, milk chocolate chips, not, uh, semi-sweet chips, whatever, and all that. She stirs it all up, and she eats it. And I go to bed really early because I get up really early, so I don't ever even know whether it keeps her up all night. But the Klondike bar is what got me to thinking about, knowing, thinking about Klondike bars. Just as another brief aside, some of you may remember the stupid commercials from way back on television. What would you do for a Klondike bar? Do you remember that? Okay, so the one, there are several of them. I looked at them. I, went, I Googled and looked at them. I mean, they're not really funny anymore except one of them. This dude is lying down on one of these hair removal salon tables with me. And I mean, he has covered, he's fur. There's a big, wide piece of tape, 
and it's this long, what would you do for a Klondike bar? Have your hair removed. And the, the, the person working there with the white coat on goes like this. And it's just bloody almost. But he's smiling because he, he's eating a Klondike bar. And all of that is a simple way and a playful way to set up what I want to talk about this morning. And that's it. We're asking a question today. We're asking the question, how are we as a family, a church family, a family that's learning how to go forward in faith, and we're calling these four weeks a subtitle generous. And notice we're underlining the U.S. on generous because it's about us. It's about a family. We're on a mission together moving forward in faith, and what we're saying is we're going to do it as a family. Yes, as individuals, but it's the family that we're wanting to try to push ourselves to think more about us and less about me because that is the way God made the God is making a family. That's what God is doing. And so the question we're asking is, how are we as a family going to participate in this forward in faith generosity thing? And the answer, my friends, today is going to be this, sacrifice. We're going to participate and we're going to be sacrificial about it. I'll just remind you of the previous two questions we've asked. And if you were here, I'm repeating them. If you weren't here, that's okay. Online folks, I meant to ask you folks online, and if online folks in the room and people in the room want to scratch little notes, what would you do for a Klondike bar? Go ahead and chat with each other right now. It's just helping us warm up to the idea of sacrifice. But the first question we asked was, in this campaign of generously going forward in faith, where are we going? And here's where we're going. We're connecting. We're connecting to Jesus Christ. We're connecting to each other, and we're also willing to say we're going to try to connect people who don't know they're loved to Jesus. And we're going to do all that in a biblical way with respect to stewardship. We're going to do it the way we're being shown to do it in Scripture. That's what we said the first week. Where are we going? We're connecting people. That's what this forward and faith thing is all about. And the second question we asked, and we talked about last week, is what's it going to take to fulfill our plan? And the answer was surrender. And what we see in Scripture is that everything we have and all that we are was a gift from God. You and I, we didn't make ourselves. You work hard. You give great effort, in fact, at all the things that God has gifted you with. But it is also the beginning point that everything about existence is a gift from God. All that we have and all we are. And here's the beauty that we're discovering together as a family. We can, we're invited to surrender it to the feet of Jesus. And you know what he wants to do? Use us. You put your life and yourself and your stuff at the feet of Jesus, and I promise you, he will use you and me together as a family to do what it is that God has called us to do, which is to re reach people and to go deeper ourselves. We want to go wide and we want to go deep. Just think about your own zip code. In your zip code right now today, it's the first time this has ever happened in the United States since people started measuring. Fewer people in your zip code, or any zip code, in North America, fewer people are attached to a religious organization of any religion. Less than half. It's never dropped below 50%. And the number is growing, meaning the number non-attached. So you don't have to go very far to be loving in somebody else's life. Unconditional love. We are unconditionally loving people, not conditionally. Conditional means as long as they behave the way I think they ought to, then I'm going to love them. 
unconditional love is the love that God has for us. God's not happy about many things that human beings do, but that doesn't change God's love for us. So that, that's what we get to do. That's why we're here. We're on a mission, and it's going to take surrender of everything we have, and God wants to use us. It's the most amazing thing. God wants to use me and you. Wherever you are, whatever you do, in your office, if you're selling, if you're in a hospital, if you're teaching school, if you're a preacher, whatever, God wants to use us. So back to the question for today. We're going on this mission, and it's going to take surrender to get there. And how am I participating? How are we participating? Another ingredient is sacrificial. Here's a great definition of sacrifice. You ready? The willingness to give up something I love for something I love even more. Huh? How about that? Let me start illustrating it with a rather, a rather superficial illustration that includes me. And Kathy, if you're listening now, I'm making fun of me. <laughs> Friday, Kathy had this very early flight on Silver Airways to Pensacola from TPA, right? So I knew long before, because I knew that the right thing to do was to say, Kathy, would you like me to take you to the airport at oh, dark 30? That's the right thing to do. But just so you understand, it's messing with my thing to do that. Because, see, I get up early. I have a routine, and I don't like messing with my routine. And I am just selfish enough to say, take Uber. <laughs> and see, that I'm also trying to set her up because every time I come home from an air flight, which is not all that much, she says, would you like me to come get you? And I go, no, I'll just take an Uber. And it really is easier for everybody, but I'm also trying to get her to start using Uber <laughs> so she doesn't mess up my thing. Ain't going to work. <laughs> so Kathy loves to be loved ahead of time. And so this is what I saw. So the flight was at 7, and because Silver said something's wrong with your reservation, you got, we got to do it in person. So she wanted to get up, and she wanted to be leaving to go to the airport at 5.15. Well, that's no big deal, the hour, cause, but I'm already up and downtown, and I'm doing what I do by myself in my quiet time, and then I'm inside the gym lifting. So I messed up all my thing. But I went to her and said, Kathy, would you like me to take you to the airport in the morning? She went, yes, that's so nice. <laughs> Is that so shallow or what? <laughs> a more substantial illustration. And I'll just keep this anonymous, although some people will figure it out. This past week, I heard a man who himself has been sober for over two decades, who's a part of the movement to help people who want to be sober be sober. And we were kicking this around the conversation in the group. In fact, we're meeting right here on Thursday morning, the world's best life group. The men meet here at 7 o'clock Thursday morning. The world's greatest. Anyhow, we were kicking it around, and, I, and he, he said, here's, here's what happened. And he was talking about laying around on the couch watching football, but there's a dude who's struggling, needs to go to a meeting. Up he goes, takes the guy to the meeting. People, a lot of people won't go to meetings to help them stay sober unless someone will go with them. So off couch, I... Me, I'd have been, I don't know, I'd have, I'd have had my football game on my phone while I was doing it. I don't know what I'd have done. But there, this is so, so relational. So one of the things I want us to understand is when we say sacrifice, it's fundamentally, unrelentlessly, unrelentingly, never-endingly, foundationally relational. The whole thing about God is about how we relate to God and to each other unconditional love. And so sacrifice is going to mean a relational sacrifice. We invest. Now think about the vulnerability of a man who himself is, is winning the battle to stay sober. 
and whose heart has gone open to this other. Take him there. And you know what happens a lot of times with people when, you, they try to, when somebody tries to help them get, move forward, you're standing alongside them. So heart breaks when person falls off wagon. And he's, this man is just, you, there's relational investment and risk going on in this room right now. It's because you've invested in some way of being a part of someone else's life. And your heart is prepared to be broken because you've opened your heart. And that's what sacrifice is. Giving up, willingness to give up something I care about for something I care about even more. It's a really great way of thinking about it. And how are we going to advance God's mission forward in faith? As a family, a generous family, we're going to sacrifice. Because, and we're going to mean it relationally. I'm going to invest in people's lives. And I'm going to love unconditionally. And the outcome is not up to me. That's God's work. God does the heavy lifting. I do my part. The other person does their part. But God does the big part. And we want to be people who are deeply, fundamentally, relentlessly, never-endingly, foundationally relational. It's how Jesus did it. If we want to accomplish Jesus' results when we go on Jesus' mission, we must use his methods. He hung out with about 12 people and some others, deeply invested in those 12, and even more in three. So when Jesus says, hey, y'all are going to get a whole lot more done, he says this in the Gospels, by the way, than I could ever get done, what he means is relationships. So there, one Jesus... A bunch of us. So we can do way more, not because we're Jesus, but because we can invest each of us in relationships and cover the planet. We're going to do Jesus' mission, Jesus' way, and the result is a transformed life. And we will not get transformed lives if we don't invest in people relationally. Sacrifice. Giving up something, being willing to give up something I love for something I love even more. Well, what's some of the stuff that you might love? Well, if you don't, if you don't want to invest in a relationship, it's not because you're a bad person. It's because you've got all this other stuff you're doing. And I, I get it. But if we intend, if we make the decision to listen to where we're being nudged by God, to invest, to relate differently, and make the sacrifice to say, okay, God, I'm available. Use me. Show me how to invest. And you're not, you're just loving people. I'm just trying to love people. And you figure it out. Jesus shows us how to do this. He's our model. I have the scripture on my phone. There we go. This is Luke's gospel. Luke chapter 22. We're in this episode in Jesus' life. It's He's going to be betrayed, arrested, tried, executed. He knows it. Garden of Gethsemane, and Luke tells us it's the Mount of Olives, those two things. The Mount of Olives is a part of the Garden. I mean, the Garden of Gethsemane is a part of the Mount of Olives complex, so to speak. At least one person has been there before. So here we have it, Luke chapter 22, verses 39 through 46. Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives, meaning he regularly prayed, and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said, pray that you will not fall into temptation. What's the temptation? 
Well, I think the temptation is to bail, to, to bail out. It's going to happen in a few minutes with Peter, right? Pray. See, here's the thing about prayer. Prayer is acknowledging that we need God. Prayer is acknowledging that we depend on God. Prayer is acknowledging that in order to rest in the difficulty of life, it's, there's only one way to get through all this, and that's being attached to Jesus. John 15 says, abide in Jesus. We're branches. Jesus is the vine. The job of a branch is to stay attached to the vine. So we stay attached to Jesus. And prayer, prayer is saying this also. This is the second time you've heard me say this. Prayer is you and I are acknowledging if we pray that we're heaven and earth people. Let this one sink in on you for a while. Heaven and earth people. In other words, God is not someplace far away on a time-space continuum. God is right here in a different dimension, the God dimension, the kingdom of God. It's not far away. It's here. And when we pray, what we're saying is, God, I know that when I pray to you, we're getting heaven and earth put back together a little again. Again, And when we walk and trust you and sacrifice, heaven and earth are sort of kind of getting put back together a little again. Now, in the future, Jesus is going to fix all of it, and heaven and earth will be back together again. There won't be any distinguish the way it was in the garden when it all started. But for right now, we got this problem. Human beings went nuts and rebelled and sinned. And when we pray, we're saying, I need you. I depend on you. And what Jesus is saying to his people, them, who, oh, by the way, were clueless about what was going on. They had no concept about what was going on. You and I look back in hindsight. We look back in hindsight and we know. But they didn't know. And we're still clueless. And we even know. But that's okay to be clueless. You're unconditionally loved. So am I. So if you feel clueless, hey, join the club. We're a big clueless family, but we're going to just go at it together. So the guys are, Jesus says, pray. Depend. And it's present tense. Pray and keep praying. Linear. Pray. Don't stop praying. Into the garden, Jesus goes. And he says, don't fall into temptation to these guys. He withdrew about a stone's throw, about as far as I can throw a football. Nowhere near as far as Connor Deitz can throw a football. Quarterback for the Air Force Academy. Starting quarterback for the Air Force Academy. You didn't know I was going to do that to you, did you? I don't have permission either. About a, about a Fitzconnor football toss away, they throw it, and he, he kneels down. He prays. Watch what happens next. This is the available song. Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me. Yet, not my will, but yours. I am available. I know I can't sing, but I can hear the chorus in my head. I want to be available. See, Jesus is in agony. He knows he's entering into darkness. He knows that he's going to experience suffering and wrath. He knows that's what's coming next. And he walks into it. Sacrifice. The willingness to give up something you love for something you love even more. And what you and I, Jesus doesn't have a death wish, and he's not a victim. This is just what it takes. 
and he knows it's going to happen. And so we see the agony, and it says, he says it's, he's sweating beads like blood. It looks like it's dropping like thick, bang. Maybe even literally it was blood. The people who study all this and all these books I read, some say, yeah, it was literally blood, and there's some physiological evidence that that could have happened. Others say it's a metaphorical thing, but he's, hey, the agony is not metaphorical. The cost of sacrifice is not a metaphor here. This is very real, and he's not a victim, and he's certainly not a, a death wish person. He's walking straight in, choosing to be there, knowing ahead of time what's going to come. The kneeling. I mean, he's, you might ordinarily, if you were a Jewish person, stand when you were praying. But the kneeling detail, humility. He's just on his knees, just, uh, but not my, not my will, but yours. And if you are in the habit of saying the Lord's Prayer, we go through it. So and wrote, you're saying that every time you say the Lord's Prayer, thy will be done. Over and, what a great line, so simple. Not mine, but yours. And then we realize the only way to do that is for me to give up all this good stuff in order to maybe even do something even better. And God wants to use us, and God will use us. So there Jesus is. Sacrifice. And when we stand next to him and his followers from this report, here's what's happening. Don't be tempted, Jesus says to him. It's to start this passage. He repeats it in verse 46. Don't be tempted. Don't be tested. Don't let the trial get you. What he's saying is choose to align yourself with me and with God's purposes. Don't be tricked into not choosing some other course of action. And you've got to remember that the evil one is at work here. This is the most heinous act of evil in history. Nothing ever... And see the irony of it? See, the evil one thinks he won. And it's the very death of Jesus that accomplishes the, the resurrection of all things. He didn't win. He was defeated. Death was defeated. And the agony of what's going to come is what we watch here in the choice... So you see the full humanity of Jesus, even as we puzzle with him being fully human and fully divine at the same time. Oh, let him be human here, just like you and me. And then let yourself be issued the invitation to align yourself, your will, God, not mine. I want to be on the mission that you have for me. That's what I want for my life. That's what I want to be. He's, it's a harder show what's going on here. There's hard, there's evil, there's darkness, there's pain, there's wrath. All that's going on. And that's, hey, man, that's what we get to do. We're, you're not going to be asked to die a horrible death in order to save humanity. There are Christians who give their lives literally. There are. That happens. It's happening in the world today. Not in this country. People aren't being executed. But there are people walking straight into a known physical death because they will not stop saying Jesus is the Lord. And that was the case in Rome. Paul's going to write to Rome and then go there, and he's going to be executed. But here Luke is telling us Luke was, Luke was with Paul. That's, what, that's why I said that. It's not you and I want to say, how can we be sacrificial? So all, I hope all of that will just sink into you because I want to get real practical now about the business that we're going on that's happening here in the church and just the details and make sure folks understand what's happening. And 
we're being asked to give up something we want in order to be a part of something that we want even more. And there's one last passage that helps us get there. It's still Luke, and this is in Luke's next book called Acts, A-C-T-S, chapter 1, verse 8. And in chapter 1, verse 8 of the book of Luke, here is God's purpose, God's assignment, and we're being invited to align ourselves with it. First Presbyterian Church, we're saying, how can we connect to this? How can we surrender so that we help make this happen? How can we give sacrificially of our time, our relationships, to make it work? And here it is, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power. Jesus is talking to his closest friends after the resurrection. You're going to receive power, he says, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses. You know what a witness is? It's a judge calls you up and sits you in a chair. Do you swear to tell the whole truth, nothing but truth to help you out? And you say yes. And then what would you see? What did you experience? So what do we see? What do we experience? This newness and transformation of life in ourselves. And we get to tell other people about it relentlessly, endlessly, fundamentally, unconditionally, lovingly, relationally. Never leave any of those adverbs out. Keep them all. Say it over and over again. It's always that. In Jerusalem, in other words, right here in town, in my zip code, in Judea, that's the county. Jerusalem is in this largest thing called Judea. So think zip code, think county. Samaria might be some people I really don't like, but I'll go anyway, God, because you, don't, don't, you love them, I don't. I don't know what that would be. For me, it'd be Gainesville. <laughs> and to the whole planet. So we're being invited to think of the whole planet as God's purpose, and we're invited to align ourselves around our part And everybody has a part. Everybody plays. Everybody. I have the stuff here. This is all the stuff that we've been passing around. And I have a new piece today. I have your secure envelope so nobody ever knows what you're doing. One week from today, we're having this great celebration because you're going to be invited to fill out this card and bring it. And it'll be sealed. And we're going to have a great way of having us sort of put them in a pot together and say, yay, God. And that's what we'll do. It'll, it'll, it's going to be awesome. We're going to do it right here in this room next week. If you, if you can't get it done by next week, we'll give you another week. But next week is sort of the celebration. That's on Sunday morning, Halloween Sunday morning. You, it's not dark yet, so you don't have to go out. Come, come Sunday morning, and, then you'll, and so we're going to do that. But, and then I want to make sure that you knew that we're asking you to sacrifice a little bit in prayer, and we have a slide to help you get there. This is the picture of... A wall that has been painted for us. Where's my picture of my wall of my... Tony's back there about to get it. There it is. This is the building that's going to come down. But there it is, Fort and Faith. What we're saying is, beginning today, the 24th through this week, I want you, we want find a way to pray in an extra way about what it means to be generously going forward in faith. So we said generously and sacrificially and with surrender, and we said we're going to connect. So we got all those adverbs and adjectives helping us understand how to do it. But we have one more slide showing you how you can sort of hashtag and post this if you would like to. Prayer week. So we have it. this, this stuff. If you want to know how to do it, just take a picture right now. It'll stay up on the wall long enough for you to do it. Just what, what we're trying to say is let's pray. Do you know we've been praying? It's really obvious to people that we've been praying. All of you. It's obvious. Every day, 7.07 a.m., 7.07 p.m., we've been fasting once a month on the first Wednesday of the month. My stomach hurts even thinking about doing it again, but it's a sacrifice. It's not a big one, but it's something I care about, food, for something I care about even more, which is attaching to Jesus. And that's what fasting ends up helping me do when I'm paying attention. So when you leave today, there's this stuff, 
And this is the prayer guide. Have you listened to Kathy's melodious voice on this stuff? Have you been listening? So we're beginning of week three, 21 days. We've been asking ourselves to seek how God wants us to engage, to listen once we start seeking, and then when we hear it, we obey. We do it. And then we have this, which is a bunch of stuff just answering questions. I have on a little name tag that says, ask me, and I'll be happy to answer questions for you. A bunch of other people can be or happy to answer questions. All of this is to say that the sort of the, the nuts and bolts, the granular thing, in order to have a campaign, we're coming to the end of it. And massive provision is what we've been seeing, right? We've been talking about that. That's what's been going on. So I want you to make sure that you make a decision to find a way to get over to 3302 Horatio and see that mural and pray. What are we praying about? All the stuff I just talked about. How can I sacrificially, relationally surrender what I am and what I have so that, and put it at Jesus' feet so God can use me to help make an impact in my family, in my job, on my street, where I go to school, with my buddies who I hang out with and play with. Loving people unconditionally. Is that the greatest thing in the world? Aren't you glad to be loved unconditionally? I am. I really am. If you're online and you want to know how to do this online, all this is on the website. And if you want to do this commitment card, the only person who will see it is Tony. So all of that's protected digitally. Just wanted you to be aware of that. And if you want to do anybody in the room or online, if you end up doing it online, just want you to know if you do it physically or if you do it online, it's all confidential. So just so you understand that. I think you know that. Some of you have already done this. I'm totally, believe me, I'm 100% aware of you, and thank you for doing it. We are aware of the folks who've already done this. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We just keep thanking each other. It's going to be great, and keep praying. Keep on listening to God. Keep on sacrificing. Keep on surrendering. And you know what happens? What happens to me? You know how much better I feel about myself since I got up and asked Kathy ahead of time. She didn't have to ask me, Kathy, would you like me to take you to the airport? I just didn't feel like such a slob, you know, self-centered mule. That's the kind of people we want to be. People, it's, there's one last thing I want to say. It's really important that you participate. And what I mean by that is this. You need to be invested in God's mission. It's not about how much. It's just, it's just being invested engaged. You've heard it said, it's not personal, it's just business, right? You've heard that? When you sign up and you engage and your name is on the business of the family of First Pres, oh, it's personal, really personal. That's what we want to be, people who jump in, who engage, who participate, owner contributor in what in this phenomenal thing of being used by God to love people unconditionally and our new stuff that we're on a ratio it's going to be this fantastic toolbox all kinds of great things we're going to be able to do there it's about transformed lives and a great place to help us get there and do relationships really well the method of Jesus is relationship so when we go on his mission expecting to accomplish his results, we're going to do it by loving people unconditionally. That's how we're going to go about it. Let me pray, and then we're going to have one more piece of business this morning. Thank you, gracious God, that you love us. Thank you that we have the privilege of having our lives 
get reoriented around your purposes, your best future for us as persons individually, for our families, for our family of faith, so that we could be used by you in loving, caring, relational ways, unconditionally caring about people in vulnerability, that you're going to use us to make a difference that lasts forever, literally for eternity. Thank you, gracious God. What a privilege it is to be your sons and daughters. What a privilege it is to be brothers and sisters. Help us to think more about us, less about I. Help us to be people who love you. And when we discover that when we let go of something we like and we give ourselves to something we like even more, what new, brand new, transformed people we are. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, we are going to have a quick meeting, business meeting, and some of you may not want to stay, but we're going to elect elders.